Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Wises STEM podcast. My name is Helen, and I'm the outreach coordinator at Wises. I use she, her pronouns, and I get to sit down with different guests every episode to talk about some of the things that concern our students. We developed this podcast to address equity, diversity, and inclusion topics related to science, technology, engineering, and math fields. But we've pivoted slightly during this mini-series called Navigating the Pandemic. We realized as we're emerging from tight restrictions that students have expressed concerns about the state they're in and what they want to learn coming out of this pandemic. But before we jump in, I want to acknowledge the land that we're recording from. Here at Wises, our goal is to create belonging for specific groups of students who are traditionally underrepresented in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. We understand that narrative shifting work takes time. With this land acknowledgement, we want to recognize that it is a part of that narrative shifting work, to recognize the privilege and honor and history that we come from. As settlers, we want to acknowledge the harm that was done to Indigenous peoples on this land, Treaty 6 land, not just to be aware, but to change the systems for future generations. To the Cree, Blackfoot, Métis, Nakota Sioux, Iroquois, Dene, Ojibwe, Soto, Anishinaabe, and many others whose histories, languages, and cultures continue to influence our vibrant communities, we give thanks for this opportunity to do better. I encourage all of our listeners to take an extra moment to learn about the 94 calls to action laid out in the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and to find ways you can make sure these calls to action happen. So today, we're continuing the mini-series called Navigating the Pandemic, where we talk about some of the concerns junior high to high school students are experiencing in this stage of the pandemic. In our first episode, we talked about digital literacy and how we can all be more critical of how we approach information presented in spaces like social media. This episode, we dive into student wellness. The pandemic posed a huge time of uncertainty. Uncertainty of when we get our vaccines, uncertainty of when we get to see loved ones, uncertainty of whether we'd be able to walk across the stage for graduation, and uncertainty for when things would go back to normal. During this time, many of us adopted new hobbies to pass the time away. Some learned to bake bread, some became prolific plant parents, some became avid bird watchers and nature walkers. Zoom parties where we played games together, said hello, and grieved together were commonplace. As time stretched on, we started to understand the magnitude of this pandemic, and any foreseeable plans in the future would have to be cancelled. Graduations, birthdays, weddings, the regular weekend hangout, going out to a restaurant, and the list goes on. It took a toll on all our collective mental health. The stage we're at right now in the pandemic is a very different stage we were at, you know, even a few months ago. But what we know for sure is that the pandemic isn't the only time we'll experience uncertainty. As students navigate their lives, it is guaranteed that they will be confronted with uncertainty again, be it around things like graduation and choosing a university to go to, finding a job, moving away from home, etc. So joining us today is Health Promotions Coordinator with the Wellness Supports Team at the University of Alberta, Christine Cabildo. And we'll be talking a little bit more about tips and strategies we have and we can put in our tool belts to help us take care of our mental health. Welcome, Christine. Hello. Thanks so much for joining us today. And I'm just really excited to get into this conversation because I know so many of our students have expressed um, the needs to figure out how to best treat ourselves during times of uncertainty and how to really take care of our mental health. Uh, maybe what we can do is get started with an introduction to you. If you want to tell 
us a little bit more about yourself, what you do with the wellness supports team at the University of Alberta, that would be awesome. Um, so I like to start with, I guess, my education. So I completed my Bachelor of Science in Human Ecology with a concentration in family sciences and a minor in community nutrition back in 2018. In my undergrad, managing academics and my part-time job was enough to keep me busy. So I didn't really get involved on campus until my last year. And in that last year, uh, I attended a training that focused on spreading awareness of how social norms impact alcohol use among students. And I found that super interesting. And the way they presented it was also, it was unique and it wasn't any kind of presentation I've seen before. So I thought, this is my time, I should get involved. And so I became a student volunteer with what then was the Healthy Campus Unit. Um, it was the health promotions team to make our campus a healthier place. And I was a student volunteer for one semester and then moved into a staff role that following fall. So I've been around since then, since 2018. It's been a, it's been a while. <laughs> and so I became the health promotions coordinator actually during the pandemic. And uh, for those who aren't familiar, I want to define health promotion a little bit. So health promotion is the process of enabling people to increase control over and to improve their health. And I find that the wellness supports team kind of does this in a way by engaging people on campus, strengthening their individual and community mental health and well-being, providing that support, connection, education, and choice. So then students feel like this is the place that they can thrive in. So a little bit about the wellness supports team. It's not just my team. I also work with a bunch of social workers that do amazing work here. So there's ones that um, provide one-on-one -on -one support for students. And then I also have coworkers who are community social workers that do suicide prevention training, how to have a supportive conversation and other trainings that like destigmatize mental health. Yeah, like I said, our side of health promotion is just making our campus a healthier place to be in. I love that. Thank you so much, Christine. And um, yeah, again, thank you so much for coming to talk a little bit more about some of these things that concern our students. Knowing that the team actually at the University of Alberta is called the Wellness Supports Team, can you talk about wellness and what that means to your team or to yourself? So living with it, I find that it's hard for me to put it into words what it actually is. So I'm leaning on to the WHO definition right now which is um, they define it as wellness as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease and infirmity. Wellness, I find, is such a buzzword nowadays, so it's really hard to go down and figure out what it actually means. But for us here at Wellness Support, it is synonymous to a holistic view of health. Like the premise of striving for our health is about living it fully. It's a lifestyle approach to live life in a way that allow you to be the best person you can be, knowing that you have the potential and also acknowledging that there are circumstances within ourselves and our environments that are uncontrollable, like the pandemic, that could really impact our wellness. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's quite a deep topic. It is. And I feel like there's been a shift in the language that we use to talk about wellness, because I think even just a few years ago, really, the focus was more on like mental health. And like, that was the thing that everyone was talking about. But your wellness, it stretches beyond just your mental health. That's a part of it, right? And I think wellness is again, as you said, more of that holistic approach. So I do love that we are approaching this topic, not by just saying like, hey, we're just going to take care of your mental health. It's like, no, that plays into a bigger idea, bigger concept, which is that of wellness. 
So you and I, we all, the whole world has been through this pandemic where, you know, we're going into our third year, right? And I guess, you know, what are some things you've seen students struggle with? So I want to start with acknowledging that, you know, the transition between junior high, high school, undergrad, there's already like more tests and homework than you've seen before. So that in itself is already a struggle, but put a pandemic on top of that, put online school on top of that, and it just levels up how stressful that situation is. So I'm going to speak a little bit more on like the undergrad side of things since I'm more familiar with that. So the workload, totally different. Some classes have only midterms and finals, so you only have to study for exams, while some have weekly assignments and midterms and finals as well. So it's just academically struggling because there's a lot going on there. But academics is one thing to struggle with, but a part of it too is the loss of university experience that uh, students experienced over the past few years. Mm -hmm. So this could look like being involved in clubs, attending campus events, participating in internships and placements, studying abroad, and many more. Many of those were really not experienced because the lockdown and the restrictions really kept us in place, leaving all of the students really discouraged, disappointed, isolated, and they don't really know what day it is anymore because of how much of all of that was taken away from them. Mm -hmm. But also to give some instructors credit, (laughs) I heard that, you know, one way they really tried to have students connect with each other was through breakout rooms. But even from my experience as a staff member, breakout rooms are so awkward. They are a space to connect, but we don't know how to do that. So I find that like (laughs) in ways we're trying to combat social isolation, we are also super unfamiliar with it, which then leads like, is it actually helping us? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I think you bring up some really great points. It's like not only is school stressful just in general, but you add the pandemic onto it and you have all these other layers that students have had to deal with with, um, you know, different expectations from different teachers, um, navigating a whole online system. I think we're all much better at breakout rooms now. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a steep learning curve, I think, especially for people who weren't familiar with certain types of technology like Zoom or Google Meets, having to do school from your room. And I think you bringing up the fact that, you know, that university experience was missing is very relatable for our high school students and junior high students who have the same things like extracurricular activities really create that experience for their schooling, helps them de-stress, but helps them feel like they belong to clubs, to communities. And when the lockdown happened, all of those things were stripped away and we felt kind of confined in the four walls of our bedrooms or our homes, not feeling like we were connecting to others. So it sounds like very similar things, you know, that undergrads were going through that our um, junior high, high school students were going through as well. So again, this episode really came from the fact that a lot of our students express concerns around their mental well-being you know, the uncertainty of whether or not they had to pivot back to online classes, um, the fear of missing out on important social events and their lack of social connection, as well as that constant barrage of like global events, one after another, that really gave them a sense of helplessness or hopelessness. Um, What do you recommend as strategies to help deal with some of these concerns? So once restrictions were lifted and like starting to go back to this normal that we know pre-pandemic, I find that a lot of people also struggled with like, how do I connect with people once again? 
I've heard people were scared to be in this big lecture halls because for two years, we were told constantly to be uh, socially distanced. But now I'm supposed to sit next to somebody for an hour. Sometimes they have a mask on, sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. So I think that in itself adds a layer of stress. And so I think like a strategy to help yourself feel a bit more comfortable and a bit less scared when these kinds of situations pop up is setting up your expectations. So if you already expect that if you go into a classroom and this is what's going to happen, I invite you to write that down and then think of a way how you can control that situation. Because mm -hmm. I find that doing this gives me more control over a situation and it feels less anxiety inducing, less stressful. Mm -hmm. And I feel like part of it is that when things are out of our control, that's when like the anxious feelings and being nervous really comes up. So second, I want you to try practicing gratitude because you're here, you got where you want to be. And there are so many things for you to be grateful for each day and can help you really record each day to be like, oh, something great happened and you're able to have evidence of how great it was. And then lastly, leaning into self-care. I know practicing self-care could look a little bit different, kind of like how I mentioned earlier about wellness being a buzzword. Self-care could also seem that way because it's sold to us in the media as face masks and bubble baths and all of that stuff. And it's hard to see yourself in it, but it's called self-care. So you can decide for yourself what that looks like. So it could be going for walks, eating your favorite food, doing creative activity, playing a game. For myself, I love yoga. I really like having quiet moments. But if I told that to my brother, he'd be like, I actually, that's really stressful for me. I don't like <laughs> doing stretches and being quiet. That's not for me. So it's really just defining for yourself what that looks like and trying that out now that it's like summer and building it into your daily routine. So then once the school year starts up again, you're able to easily schedule it in with all of the things you have to do with school, extracurriculars, that kind of thing. So some of our students listen to the strategies that you've given them and they're like, okay, yeah, I got to practice gratitude. I got to write down my expectations. Um, I'll do that later. <laughs> and sometimes they forget, you know, and sometimes they put it off and they don't actually implement it into their schedules because it feels a little overwhelming sometimes. And so my next question is, you know, what are some things that you recommend to students to try out starting today even? I think you can frame it as taking a break. I feel like taking a break, we all know that it could look so many different ways, but a break is a time where you can relax. Mm -hmm. So that's one way. And another way is framing in three different times, I would say, quote unquote times. So first time with self. So anything that you do by yourself, um, anything I've listed before you could do by yourself, but a few examples I have right now is reflection, journaling, taking a nap, doing something active by yourself, enjoying a YouTube video, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. That in itself is already break. You're thinking of something else. Great. And the next one I have is time with others. Um, that could look like a phone call, a Zoom mm -hmm. meet if you want. Um, it could also be now that it's so nice in the city, going for picnics, visiting farmers markets, enjoying the festivals around the city, mm -hmm. just being around people slowly but surely you'd find that the day goes by so fast, but also so well. 
And it's like a nice break from what you're currently thinking about, maybe. And then lastly, it could look like time with nature. So a lot of us have been going for walks. Um, so continuing that, exploring hikes around the city, trying out a walking meditation. You know, there's the guided meditation where you sit down and you do a body scan, but there's also walking meditations that you could do. And it's really just using your five senses of like what you see, what you hear, what you smell, that type of thing. And like, I find that it helped me relax as well in my walks, especially if I don't have a destination to go to. Yeah. Pretty, pretty helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then lastly, just like soaking in the sights. Edmonton is so green right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. You could do a little photo scavenger hunt by yourself or with your friends and there you go. You hit two of the categories as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. So can you just summarize again? It was time with yourself. Time with others and then time with nature. That's right. So keeping those three categories in mind and how you can take a break. Those are some really simple ways that you can um, start implementing today. And really, it's strategies you can take into any situation in the future when there are times of uncertainty, when there are times of anxiety. How can you take a break for yourself today, for yourself, for you to spend time with others, and then for you to spend time in nature? One of the things that I have done actually over the pandemic is I set a goal that every single day I would go out for at least one walk a day. And normally, I actually go out for two walks. I actually practice what they call the fake commute. You go and you pretend like you're, you know, going to work. And then at the end of the day, you stop work, you wrap it all up and you go for a walk to kind of signal to your body and to your brain that you're done work. So you go for another walk. And that has been very, very helpful for me. And I think um, my time with nature has been very healing and nurturing and nourishing to my mental health. So I really love those three categories. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I guess like a one final note too, is that something you mentioned earlier is that it feels overwhelming to like add on another activity into your day, even if it is for self-care. And so my last note on that is just be kind to yourself. So even if on a day where you're like, I should probably have done a self-care activity, it's okay. Because choosing what is best for you is already Mm self-care. Yeah, that's a really good one. Being kind to yourself is so important. So this leads me to the last question here. What is one thing you want to make sure our students leave this episode knowing? I think it just reiterating that it is a unique situation that they have lived through and continue to live through and just practicing ways for them to care for themselves and that kindness that I mentioned earlier. I think that's a pretty big takeaway, knowing that sometimes our world isn't kind to us. Yeah, I love that. I think that is so important for our students to hear. Being kind to yourself is super important and it looks different for everybody. What does kindness look like to yourself can look very different to another person. So being very focused on the things that serve you and the things that don't serve you and doing more of the things that do serve you. So thank you so much, Christine, for taking the time to chat with me today. And I hope our students are able to pull some good nuggets of information that they can use in their day-to-day lives to nourish themselves and to make sure that they are ready for the school, ready for their social lives and feeling taken care of. So thank you so much, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. So as we've heard, self-care can look very different to different people. So we decided to talk to a few students to hear what their experiences were like during the pandemic and a few strategies they use to tend to their mental health. So if you can, can you please introduce yourself? 
Hi, my name is Krishna. I go by she, her pronouns. And during the pandemic, I was in the 10th grade attending Harry Ainley High School. I think for me, wellness is like a mix of feeling at peace and not having my mind occupied with something all the time. Like just giving my mind and myself time of day to do nothing at all. Um, Because I know for me, no matter what I'm doing, I try to like multitask. It's like this guilty feeling that I'm like, quote unquote, wasting time. And so even if I'm like watching a show, I'll be like doing something else on this side because I just, I don't know, that's what I'm constantly doing. I feel like during the pandemic, I was definitely taught to appreciate more because I would like miss hanging out with my friends all the time or seeing my family all the time and having that like routine in my life. Because when it was taken away, like especially the routine, it was hard to adapt because like I like waking up and like knowing what I have to do, but not having anything to do. It was nice for a few days, but after that, it got like pretty old for me. I think something that definitely worried me is like, I know my friends were worried about this too. We weren't learning anything. So it was like, how is this going to impact us in like grade 11 or grade 12? And like, are we going to be behind and stuff like that? Like we'd never experienced before. And I think another struggle I didn't have a grasp of what code really was. Like, I, yeah, it was a virus and it was impacting like the whole population of Earth. But like, it was difficult to tell what was exactly going on or what it was doing. And with vaccines as well, I remember like early pandemic, there was a lot of anti-vaccination sentiment. A lot of people were like, how can we like trust this vaccine? It's only been a few months. Even if they do develop it, it's not tested enough um, and what the long-term effects would be. But I think as the pandemic went on, I like had a better understanding of it. And in terms of my interests, I honestly just took the time to do all the things I never felt like I had enough time to do like I would deep clean my room and like my closet I organized all my like 5,000 songs on my apple music and I finished decorating my room which was something I kept putting off and just like little things like that my name is Simran Farwani my pronouns are she and her during the pandemic I was a second year master's student at the University of Alberta and I also started my first year of medical school at the University of Calgary Wellness to me means a lot of different things. For me, it's doing things that make me happy, certain little things in my day that bring me joy, or actually carving out some time to do some self-care or take care of myself. But it's not boxed in for me. I think wellness can mean many things in my day that bring me happiness, that allow me to do self-care, that let me work on my passions, or just let me sit, relax, and enjoy the moment. So in early 2020, I was about eight or nine months into my master's degree. So I'd gotten my footing down. I was going to a lab, working on my project, doing the animal work, and grad school was going pretty smoothly. Um, Outside of grad school, I was also doing a lot of socializing, catching up with friends. I feel like during grad school, you actually can create your own schedule. So it let me do a lot of things that I kind of had a hard time fitting in during undergrad. Um, I was really big into lifting and running at that time. I was training for a half marathon. I was doing a lot of lifting. I was also doing a lot of baking at that time too. I actually started a food blog late 2019. So I was doing a bit of that as well. And just taking some time to relax now that grad school was going smoothly and just enjoying myself, basically. There were a lot of things that I found helped me during the pandemic. I think the number one biggest thing was just giving myself compassion, compassion for what I'm doing, compassion for the fact that I can't control everything that's happening. I can only control my reaction to what's going on and my view and how I move forward. It took me a while to really understand that because 
as a graduate student, I like to have things planned out, but with the uncertainty, I literally did not know what was going to happen. So I gave myself the space to take a step back and just focus on what I can do in this moment. Okay, I don't know what's going to happen with my mice work with grad school, but hey, I'm doing this other project, which can also get me a publication. And my supervisor is very helpful. I can't go to the gym. I can't lift. Gyms are closed, but I can get better in my running. I can focus on exercising outside. And I really focused on doing the things that I could do. And that really calmed me down. I think my cortisol levels, as everyone else's, were through the roof. And that really helped me get it down to a manageable level. And I really started to connect more with nature. I went on walks a lot and I turned it into an everyday routine where I would go for a walk first thing in the morning and get some sun in. The more sunlight you get, the better for you. And sunlight actually has a really, really calming effect. And I know it can sound really cheesy or cliche, but even five or 10 minutes in the sun can really brighten your day. So I would make sure to start my days off with some sun and that put me into a good mood for the day. So I went back to my passions and I really started doing a lot more of cooking and baking and then getting to the balance. I would highly suggest having a routine, whether it's a morning routine, an evening routine, a routine of how you like to study and get your revision done. Something to get yourself in a routine would be really helpful because pre-pandemic, even though you don't think of it, there were a lot of routines in our lives and routines are what essentially keeps you grounded, knowing that you have something to do, something to look forward to, and your day is planned out. If things are very spontaneous or sporadic, I know some people work best in that environment, but for a lot of people, that is essentially uncertainty. And the pandemic is like a big cloud of uncertainty. So having any sort of routine, whether it's small, big, whatever floats your boat, whatever you can do, and you can always add to it. If you stick to it for 14 days, it will become a habit and it will be something that will give you a small sense of normalcy and balance. And you'll start to feel more in control of your own actions and your own happiness. And then whatever happens from there on, I feel like it'll give a better sense of being able to handle what can come your way. Hi, my name is Hannah. I use she, her pronouns. And I was in my first year of a bachelor's of science in psychology at the University of Alberta at the beginning of the pandemic. And will soon be entering into my fourth and final year this fall. To me, wellness is a general sense of satisfaction with my life, even when I'm really stressed out. So that means to me that I'm able to appropriately balance all of my different commitments and the things that I find that are really fun to me, and that I can find success in everything that I'm doing and really achieve to kind of my standards, um, while also keeping my mind and body healthy through self-care. The pandemic has been obviously a very, very challenging period for all of us and has been a period of very collective trauma. And I've talked a little bit about this with a lot of my friends and with a lot of my professors and that kind of stuff. As we come to a point where we're trying to live in a COVID, but normaler COVID world, you know, we're coming to the sense that we've lost a lot of time and lost a lot of that kind of experiences of the last two years. And I think especially for young adults and youth right now is we're feeling the loss of a really substantive type of time in our lives. 
So that's definitely been something that's been a big challenge for me and something that I really struggled with over the past years to kind of come to terms with the fact that I had lost a big chunk of what I would define as like my young adulthood years. I've had to do a lot of young adult things virtually. So whether that's meeting people, making new friends has all been, you know, through the powers of social media and Zoom, which I'm incredibly grateful to have. Could not imagine having done this without the powers of the internet. I'm still definitely learning to live with those feelings of kind of the loss and the grief that is like, okay, well, I didn't get to have all of these formative experiences I had heard about as I entered into university. And I've done most of my degree through Zoom. But on the other side, I think if you apply a positive lens to things, there's a lot of things from the pandemic that have changed for me that through the challenges of having to do things virtually, having to slow down, having to not have things to do all the time, I've really learned. So I'm someone whose brain works and moves at a million miles an hour. I'm always thinking about what comes next and what the plans are. But when you really can't make a plan for like the next week, because you don't know what COVID's going to do, you don't know what the government's going to do, you don't know how safe it's going to be. You know, when you can't even make a plan for that next week, you're not making a plan for the next year. And so I found that COVID really gave me the chance to practice the skill of living in the moment of kind of just taking it one day at a time, thinking about myself and being really present. That was definitely one thing that I appreciated about the forced slowdown. So I had kind of four main things during the pandemic that gave me a sense of normalcy. Number one was getting outdoors. Number two was volunteering. Number three was school. And then number four was my friends and family. But reconnecting with my love of nature at the beginning of the pandemic was something that I felt safe doing. And it gave me a lot of confidence in that things were going to be okay. Even if they weren't right now, things were going to be okay. Because the pandemic was very uncertain. Uh, School was very uncertain. My friends were very uncertain. But the woods, the woods were always there. And just to be able to go and sit in nature and know that no matter what happens as we move through this, this will be here for hopefully many, many generations to come, if not for the rest of time. So to have that experience when I was panicking, when my mind was going at a million miles an hour, when I was worried about what comes next, just to go and be present in the woods and to know like, this is going to be here. If I'm back at school in September, if I'm not back at school in September, If I don't get to see my friends for another six months, if I do get to see my friends in six months, the woods will still be here. And this is something we can do. And, you know, as things started to open up a little bit more, I was able to safely kind of go into the woods with some of my friends to still maintain that social distance, still have that really good kind of ventilation and airflow, but still be able to spend time with people I loved in a space that felt safe and comfortable for all of us. It was also a really good way for me to maintain my physical health, which impacted my mental health in a positive way. And I have actually taken all of my outdoor skills that I gained during the pandemic and turned it into a hobby of backpacking. So I've been backpacking a few times this summer and well, it has been very challenging. It has been very rewarding. And I'm super glad that I had that chance to spend the time outdoors and to really get back into that. My next thing was volunteering and being part of Girl Guides of Canada and Wisest actually. So being a Girl Guide leader, we kind of got hit with the pandemic right before our camping season started in 2020. And so I really had to pivot really quickly into the online space. And then the next year, we had a few in-person meetings, but for the most part, it was all still virtual. 
But that sense of having a routine of every week, I had to plan the meetings, deliver the supplies, and then go online with the kids and really try to create this sense of community and this sense of team and the sense of leadership for me and the other adults that I was working with. To have that was probably what kept me the most sane during the pandemic. It also allowed me to talk to people outside my house and to form a network of support. I'm also part of LINK, which is the guiding branch for women 18 to 30. And so I got to get to know a bunch of people across Canada, which was actually one of the pros because LINK hadn't really done a bunch of virtual stuff before, but to have to be forced into doing that meant I got to meet other people my age who really loved guiding from like Quebec and Ontario and the Maritimes, which was really amazing. I also continued volunteering with Wisest during the pandemic. So I was a part of the Wisest Summer Research Program in 2018 and came back as my first year of university to volunteer at the Set and Choices conferences. And I really loved it. And then as the pandemic came around, as that first summer of 2020 came around, I was looking for some more things to do and came across the opportunity to be a Wisest intern. And I haven't left since. I've done a bunch of different volunteering and employment with Wisest. And just having that connection to the other employees and the other volunteers with Wisest was really powerful in keeping me feeling like I was making connections, I was getting to know other people, and that I was experiencing that young adult bursting out of my small town bubble without necessarily having to actually leave my house. And then kind of finally... The things that I think probably kept a lot of people feeling sane and normal were organizing virtual or outdoors and distance hangouts with friends and family. I really enjoyed getting to spend a little bit more time with my sister, and we have become even closer as a result of the pandemic, potentially much to her chagrin. Just kidding. Lauren loves it. But we are very happy to have gotten some time to really get to know each other as young adults and as youth, which has been really great. And then school, which although I learned a lot of lessons really early on about time management and keeping on top of workload virtually without those classes to kind of pace you, I found that I've developed a lot of skills and it really helped keep life feeling nice and normal. So there are two pieces of advice that I've received from Dr. Tian Tang, who's one of the wisest co-chairs. And these are the two pieces of advice that I have applied to my life whenever I'm finding it hard to balance all the things that I want to do. So the first one is the juggling analogy. So when you're juggling, you obviously have different balls that you're juggling. And some of these balls in life, let's say they're kind of a thing, some of them are going to be plastic and some of them are going to be glass. And you kind of just have to decide which are the balls I can drop? Which are the plastic balls that if I am floundering, if things are getting too much, I can let go for a second and they're going to be okay. And which are the glass balls? Which are the things that if I drop are not going to go well for either you know a team of people or it's very important to me personally or something like that. So I found that dividing my tasks and dividing my life into glass balls versus plastic balls. And this changes week to week, month to month, which is going to be which, but deciding which is which and which ones that if I have to, I can let fall. That is always really important. And it also allows you a chance to rely on other people a little bit because you can think, okay, maybe I can pass my plastic balls to somebody else. And then the other one was the advice that every time you say no is a chance for someone else to say yes. It can feel really hard to say no to tell someone that you don't want to do something or that you can't do something. But thinking of it in the terms of giving someone else a chance to do that has always helped me to feel a little bit better about passing up on opportunities that I know I couldn't do my best to do. My name is Peyton. I go by the pronoun she, her. And when the pandemic first hit, I was in the eighth grade. 
To me, wellness means an overall balance in your life, both physical and mental health, and just having time to let your mind relax. Before the pandemic, I played a lot of sports. I played softball, hockey, badminton, I ran cross country. So I was always doing physical activities. Um, I still read a lot. So reading was something that occupied a lot of my time. And then obviously school took up a big portion of my time. Um, and just hanging out with friends. I've never been a super social person. I'm really introverted. So that was something that challenged me a lot before the pandemic was talking to new people, especially and putting myself out there when it came to social situations. The way the pandemic challenged me in general was that school-wise, it was really different to learn online. I don't think very well like that. It wasn't the way I wanted to learn. So that was really hard for me. And as much as I'm really introverted, not seeing my friends really took a toll on my mental health. I found myself lonely sometimes and just wishing I could see them and make memories with them again. But I still really enjoyed reading. That was something I kept doing a lot during the pandemic. And I enjoyed exercising. It kind of replaced my sports because I couldn't play them which was also a really big challenge. I miss playing sports, I miss my teams. Um, some of the things that were really normal for me during the pandemic were FaceTiming with my friends. I'm so lucky to have access to FaceTime. So me and my friends would FaceTime for like six hours a day sometimes and do school together, do projects together, watch movies together. Um, that was a huge thing for me. Other than that, reading was really, really big for me. Um, it gave me kind of an escape from the pandemic where I could just do something else, not thinking about it. And I picked up writing too, which became a really big outlet for me. So instead of talking to my friends like I normally would, I could write my feelings down, especially through poetry, I found. Uh, my advice to someone who is struggling to find balance would be exercise. It doesn't have to be running. It could be yoga, going for a walk, even something like meditation, which is like mental exercise. It helps bring a lot of balance into your life because it focuses your attention elsewhere. And you don't really think while you're doing those things, at least not about the uncertainty in your life. So exercise is a big one. And just finding a new hobby, something that you really enjoy to take your mind off of whatever it is. And then through that, hopefully your mental health would increase and it would help with the balance overall. The pandemic presented all of us with new challenges, taking care of ourselves physically and mentally and finding ways just to get through the day. Thank you to all of our guests, Christine, Krishna, Simran, Hannah, and Peyton, who joined us in this episode to share their experiences and their tips on how to take care of yourself through times of uncertainty. I hope that this episode helped you understand that navigating times of uncertainty, especially during the pandemic, is something that we all struggle with, but that there are strategies you can use to help you move through those murky waters. If you or someone you know is really struggling right now, we've curated a list of resources that is linked in the description of this episode that can help connect you with services here in Alberta. The distress line is also available 24 hours a day. All you have to do is call 780-482-HELP. That's 780-482-4357. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you can, please share it with one other person to help us expand our reach. Make sure to stay in the know about the Wisest STEM podcast by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts from. If you'd like to stay updated on programs that Wisest offers, consider subscribing to our monthly e-newsletter or following us on social media. You can find all that information in the description. That's it for now. See you next time. Bye.